0: To the PAXX podcast available on iTunes. This is episode 37 of the show where we talk about everything to do with the passenger experience. I'm Mary Kirby and I'm joined by my co-host Max Flight. Max how are you doing?
1: Hi Mary I'm doing really well. I note that uh, of course uh, Air Venture Oshkosh is going on this week and I just saw that the uh, the annual woman venture event there saw at least 2,000 women gather there at Oshkosh to sort yes. of connect and promote women in aviation. So I think that's just wonderful.
0: It is wonderful, and the pictures that are emerging are, are just fantastic. They've brought all the women together and, and managed to get them all in one shot, so so kudos to uh, EAA uh, for all of their efforts there. Um, before we get started, would like to thank eGate Solutions for sponsoring this week's podcast. We all want happy passengers. They buy more, and they're likely to be more loyal to your airline, but delivering a positive passenger experience is hard when you're relying on legacy systems and manual proceeds Sees. EGATE Solutions provides the technology behind onboard services, connecting and automating every step of an airline's operations from the warehouse to the passenger. With EGATE, you can spend less time and money on the process and more on optimizing the passenger experience, which really is what we are all in the business of delivering. Visit EGATE Solutions online at www.egate-solutions.com or email them at info at EGATE-solutions to learn more. Now, it is my great pleasure to introduce our guest today. Sylvester Pittman and Darren Topham are former flight attendants who now consult for the airline industry and are widely known as the Airline Guys. They joined us a long time ago when we first got rolling with the show. Welcome to the show, guys, again. Hey, Mary
2: and Max. Thank you guys so much for Having us back on the show. It has been a minute, but thanks again. (laughs) It's been way too long. Thank
1: you. It has. It's
0: been too long.
1: (laughs) Well, we're happy to have you back. And why don't we start it off right away and look at some of the PAXX news stories that are making headlines? First, we see that Boeing has released its 2016 pilot and technician outlook. Now, that sees a collective need for over 2 million crew and technicians over the next 20 years to keep pace with demand. However, for the first time, Boeing has included flight attendants in its outlook. And they explain that, quote, they are essential to not only safety and comfort of the passengers, they are true differentiators for airlines in their business models. Guys, what can the industry do to attract over 800,000 cabin crew needed in the next 20 years.
2: Wow. That that is a lot of flight attendants. That's a lot of cabin crew. I mean, geez. That's a Um, lot of sass. Indeed. (laughs) I would have to say, you know, I don't think the airlines really have an issue with attracting these number of people. Whenever airlines have a recruitment effort, they get more than enough people to apply for the position. So, I don't think that's really going to be an issue over the next 20 years to get that number of cabin crew. I think what the issue is, is finding the right person to fit within what this position is all about.
3: Yeah, agreed. I think that people love the, the glamour of what they perceive as being a flight attendant. And so they they really want to get in on that and, and tell the stories and travel and see the world. But they don't really know... Really, what the job entails, and it's changed a lot over the years. So they they still have this glamour picture in their mind about how fabulous it is, and it is a wonderful career, but it is not what it used to be. And that glamour, I don't know. When you're staying overnight in one of those hotels that you're afraid that door doesn't close (laughs) just right, (laughs) that's not the glamour that I dream of.
2: Yeah, I I think I think if the airlines. Uh, painted a clear picture of what the job is about, that there are delays, that there are cancellations, that record load factors um, on these flights. I think if the airlines painted a clear picture of what it's really like, And at the same time, painted a picture that this is a wondrous career. I mean, you have the ability to impact so many people's lives in the course of a day, and you get to meet some really wonderful people and make some really good experiences along the way. Um, I don't think they would have a problem attracting 800,000. I think they could attract a million if they needed to.
0: Oh, interesting. I love the fact that Boeing has emphasized, number one, which is the most important role, obviously, is safety. And then it goes on to say, uh, you know, flight attendants also play a pivotal role in the comfort of passengers as well. And I was watching a recent um, video interview of Nicole Kidman, who is a, uh, is promoting Etihad Airways uh, residence. Um, you guys may have seen this, um, where she's kind of doing the advertising. They're beautiful advertisements. But she was interviewed one-on-one about what she looks for in an airline, and her number one was the service and the communication with the crew and the, you know, the responsiveness. And to me, you know, it really kind of underscores what Boeing is saying here in that these individuals are becoming true differentiators for the airlines. And you have the likes of Etihad and Emirates, you know, and these Middle Eastern carriers, especially, and obviously a number of European carriers as well, that really put a focus on that. Are we seeing... U.S. carriers take a, a harder look at how they can improve from a, from the service level side with their flight attendant crews. Uh,
2: Mary, I would have to say I did see that interview, and it was it was quite um, interesting. I love yeah. Nicole Kidman, and I think those commercials that she is in, I think they are absolutely stunning. They're stunning. beautifully shot. On the lighting, the direction, everything is just perfect. Now, as we know, the Middle Eastern carriers are in a position where they may be able to offer a lot more than our U.S. counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think what, what really kind of got me about that interview was her talking about the attention to detail mm-hmm. and how important that is in making the passenger experience something special. And that is a differentiator. Because I think when you boil it down and you look at all of the different airlines and you look at the pricing that's available, it's all about the experience that you get when you fly on a particular airline. So if you're looking at two airlines and you're looking at prices and the schedule is about the same, what's going to differentiate you from flying one on the other? And I think it's the passenger experience. It's what you will receive from the crew, from the check-in. It's definitely something um, to look into, and I think U.S. Airlines are – are starting, or some U.S. airlines are starting to focus on that as a way to get passengers to fly with them. Um, Darren, I'm not sure if you, what, what do you think about yeah,
3: that? No, I, I agree 100%. I think that the U.S. carriers are starting to realize that that is just as important as, as filling the seats. You know, I mean, yeah. I think they've been driven so much by numbers and profit that they forget that. That experience is what brings that person to them to give them the profit and to give them. And I, and I see certain airlines starting to step up. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen this resurgence of the lie-flat seats up front. And it isn't just about the seat comfort. It's about the experience, as Sly said. And I think that there's definitely room for improvement for the U.S. carriers. Uh, I think the expectation has always been lower, and now it's rising as more and more people spend their hard-earned money to travel and now they're starting to spend a little bit more they would expect to be treated with the respect that they would expect at a, at a fine restaurant or as something you know similar mm-hmm. so i think our customers that are out there wanting to fly on U.S. carriers, are looking for a better experience. And, you know, traditionally, that
2: hasn't been the case. So I hope that it continues on that path. Yeah, I think um, um, Nicole also touched on, on on the consistency part of it. Yeah. And when it comes to the passenger experience, it's all about consistency. Uh, consistency is paramount. I mean, it could, it could make or break someone's experience. And I think that's the challenge for our U.S. counterparts is how do you standardize service across a vast network to make sure that if you're flying between, say, Atlanta and you know, Washington, D.C., or Atlanta and L.A., or you're going from New York to Dubai, what experience are you going to receive over a number of flights, no matter if you're in the front part of the plane or the back part of the plane? It's all about consistency, and I, I liked what she had to say about um, that.
1: Interesting. I'm also interested in how this applies to different geographic regions. So when I was looking at some of the data from the Boeing report, I see that when you look at the uh, new demand, at least for pilots, these numbers are for pilots, but maybe they translate to flight attendants as well, that the uh, the largest increase in demand for, uh, for pilots is attributed to the Asia-Pacific region with 40% of the need for new pilots. Uh, North America and Europe are next with 18% and 17%. So Asia-Pacific needs are twice those of other regions. When we're looking at uh, bringing in uh, flight attendants to to fill these positions, is the Asia-Pacific region different in some ways, or should we just view this as kind of a a homogeneous uh, industry with the requirements for flight attendants basically the same throughout the world?
2: and i i would have to say it's definitely different in different places around the world i think in a lot of the asian cultures service is one of those things that is is highly exalted and we hear many different things about asian carriers and how they um, do their services on board and how there's such a, an attention to detail just to make sure that their experience is consistent over time um so it it does it does Matter, and I think I think the customer um, looks to certain regions and certain airlines to say, Well why are they so highly ranked? Why do they get you know these different awards and this this type of thing and I think it has to do with that consistency level of service um, over time, and I think a lot of the Asian carriers um, actually have a pretty good handle on that.
1: All right, well, uh, let's look at another item. Uh, this really demonstrates that sometimes up in that airplane, it's uh, it's a rough job for flight attendants. And we see that a Kentucky man faces jail time after he allegedly assaulted a flight attendant on a Lexington to Charlotte flight. Now, the reports vary a little bit at this point in time, but it seems he had at least three drinks, alcoholic beverages after takeoff. Uh, I think... Um, unruly passengers can be a real issue for flight attendants, certainly. And I imagine alcohol often plays a role. But guys, we, we've discussed this in the past, but in light of all the recent reports, do you think there are ways for airlines to mitigate the problem? Is it time to take a, another look at alcohol consumption uh, in flight and also at the airport?
3: I, You know, I, I think it is. Uh, there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that That make us pause. And I think that we've seen an uptick of of bad behavior. Uh, Justified or not, we've definitely seen an uptick of of behavior that is not conducive to a a good environment. And when you get into a tube that's flying through the sky, (laughs) you don't have a lot of resources or or ways to kind of get out of a a difficult situation. And um, if we can look at maybe holding some more ground rules before we get into the air that would help protect not only the crew, but even the passengers that are on that that plane. Uh, I, I don't know what the answers exactly are because I think we have some good policies in place, but I don't know if they've been upheld and the flying public may not know about them. And so maybe education and reinforcing the rules that are in place would make a difference, but it certainly is something that we need to look at. We can't look away and say that, oh, this is just a one-time thing because we're seeing it far too consistently.
2: Yeah, there is a, there is a big uptick in, in unruly behavior on board, and alcohol does play a huge part in it, and I agree with Darren that we have to look into this situation again because it's, it, it puts everybody in a unsafe situation and, you know, the the crew, they have to deal with these things more and more every single day. They are trained in the very beginning what to look for, what behaviors to look for when it comes to someone who may appear to be intoxicated. But it's a challenge trying to figure out what they may have done at home, what they may have done as far as drinking at the airport. And now they are in your presence flying through the air in a metal tube it's it's difficult to to kind of wrap your arms around it. I think it's a it's a matter of the crew being aware at all times, communicating with each other to say, "Hey, the person in 13A, I've already served them one drink. They look a little like they could be, they appear to be intoxicated, or they appear to be reaching a limit." And I think it's important that the crew kind of bounce this information off of each other. So you you have to be aware at all times of what is going on so that you understand hey, it may be time for us to cut this person off or to notify the the flight deck. And then to Darren's point as well, what happens when a customer is unruly? What happens, you know, we we hear about these things. We see the, you know, law enforcement come on board and we've seen videos of, of them taking customers away. But I think that's kind of where it ends. We don't hear a lot more about what happens to someone. So I don't know if the flying public understands if you do this, then this can occur or will occur when you misbehave on board an airplane.
3: We could get a timeout corner on the wing. <laughs> and put on the wing and say,
0: I actually I actually really like this idea that, that we need more in the way of news coverage following up on some of these cases so people see the, the essentially the cause and effect, the consequences of this type of activity. It also seems... Clear that maybe more training on the ground at the airport. I mean, John Walton, uh, you know, contributing editor here to Runway Girl, uh, he recently tweeted, uh, uh, retweeted someone who had shown a picture of a Heineken pop up stand right at the airport and how this was being kind of celebrated. Oh, look, you know, it's a Heineken pop up. And then he tweeted something along the lines of, and we wonder why we have so many unruly, uh, you know, uh, passengers on board because we almost celebrate that pre flight imbibing <laughs> you know it's almost like get to the airport get that vodka in you or that whiskey you know and there's almost this communal let's all get drunk um and uh, i know some people have a fear of flying and that seems to calm their nerves and, and i get that but it maybe we're taking it a bit too far
2: especially when you mix true medicine with <laughs> yes. alcohol mm. and now and altitude. Feet. and altitude yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's a bad recipe
1: It'll be interesting to see where this case goes, because uh, this individual faces some really serious charges. I mean, he's got not only the the state charges for assault on a female, but interfering with a flight crew, that's a federal charge and could be subject to as much as 20 years in jail. Now, at least at the time of the the, the articles we've been looking at, uh, this, this guy was still in the Jail held without bond. I'm sure that'll change, but I can't wait to see what penalty actually is given to this guy in the end.
0: Yeah, it's good to see them taking it that seriously. Up to 20 years. I mean.
1: Yeah,
2: and I, I think the flight crews would like to know that things are happening as well, so yeah. that their efforts aren't going, um, you know, unheeded. It's 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 sort of like you know I think some crew feel as though you know i'm I'm putting myself in a situation where I could be physically harmed, so we call the police and the police escort them away. That's all I hear about it. You know, is this really working for me? that I'm reporting these kinds of things. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So the, yeah. the follow-up, I think, is going to be really important for flight crews to know.
1: Yeah, because if it comes down to a, basically a slap on the wrist, uh, you know, this is just some guy who had too much to drink and he wasn't himself and, you know, all of that kind of thing, then that, that can send a really bad message, I think.
3: And and I think it has. I think that is is a very valid statement because a lot of times Part of the problem is people are getting to the point. There's been so many jokes about flight crew and, and, you know, they're so strict and they do this and they do that, that people started to think of it as a joke. So they don't take the seriousness of the issues that are happening. And so when they do get a little slap on the wrist, oh, they were just drunk this one time, but this one time could have created a very large issue. Thank goodness it didn't. You know, so the slap on the wrist isn't going to help correct the problem. You know, people have no fear about it. Oh, they'll just probably give me a warning and then I'll be done with it. Then they're not going to change their behaviors.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: It sounds like we need something in the way of precedent setting, you know, uh, ruling here. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, last but not least, we want to talk to Sylvester and Darren about their own latest news. Guys, you recently launched something new on your blog. It's a video series called Quick Turn. Tell us about this. What is this and what's behind it? What drove you to this?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's called the Airline Guys Quick Turn. And um, basically, it's a way for someone who has impact on a team or an organization um, to tell us who you are in a very quick way. Like, tell us who you are. It's, it's a way for someone to become relatable to um, the organization in which they lead um, and so it just kind of came out of you know how do how can we get to know people a little bit better in a fun, entertaining kind of wacky kind of way? And so we have been going to different people and we have been asking them a series of questions in a very rapid fire way with quick responses and we named it the quick term because it's aviation related and we're in and we are then out and we started the series with um, delta ceo ed bastion and um, we thought we we thought we'd started off with a little something extra (laughs) yeah i was gonna
0: say talk about aiming high for your first uh, (laughs) very nice yeah
2: we decided let's go ahead and aim high and see kind of where this goes and so we have um Another one in the works. Um, In fact, uh, we're in the process of editing it right now. And it should be available by the beginning of next week. Um, And I think you all will really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're always looking for other people to do a quick turn. So maybe Mary and Max, you might be
1: next.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I I notice that you've trademarked it. But this, uh, which is probably very smart, because it's a it's a very kind of catchy name for what you guys are doing. Quick turn.
2: Yeah, and it's and it's not just about those involved in the aviation industry. I know it, you know everyone travels. Um, so those questions that we will ask of the different people who may or may not be in aviation, uh, it, there will be some aspect of travel around it. So
0: yeah. That's fantastic.
3: Yeah, and, and really, honestly, a really huge thank you to Ed Bastian. He was so gracious and kind and trying to find time in his schedule. And he was he was like, well, if we need to do it here, we can do it this time and we can do it this time. So he was very, very gracious, hmm. just a really nice guy, genuine, and, uh, and took the time for us. So really big thanks to him.
1: And this is not your typical corporate interview. Uh, this is something that's uh, much more casual, uh, includes much more personal information. It's, it's not Ed talking about Delta or exactly. uh, about the industry so much as it is uh, you guys asking Ed questions that give us insights into... Ed Bastian the man and that's not at all what I was expecting.
2: <laughs> exactly and that was that was sort of when the <laughs> idea came about it's sort of like yeah if we were to interview Ed you know like most other people would you know it's like what's the state of the industry what's the rasm and the chasm and what's the <laughs> blah 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 and what do you think about this and the life flat like, seats and all of that information is out there already it's already out there so We wanted to come in at another angle yes. so that this person who is leading a Fortune 500 company is now relatable, not only to the people who work at that company, but for the customers who fly on on Delta and anyone else who may say, who is this Ed Bastion guy? And it'll be the same for when we do Mary and Max (laughs) and some (laughs) of the other people that we have in the pipeline. They will get to know you in such a way where it's like, Oh, they're completely, totally relatable.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I think it's great timing for Delta. They haven't always been seen as relatable. So it was, that's a, it was a great opportunity for them. And it's got to be also um, a little easier than when you when you contact some of these other corporations and say, you know, we talked to Ed. How about we talk to yours? <laughs> it's got to make it a little easier right there. <laughs> It's I all, mean, o- only if they to want our to our look good.
3: Yeah, yeah, only if they want to look good. I mean, okay, if you if you feel you're better, then that's okay. <laughs>
1: we're, not, we're not judging. My favorite question that you asked, Ed, was, how much do you weigh? And then that was quickly followed up by in kilograms. I mean, how many people can answer that question, you know?
0: That might be the point, right? Or how many
1: Americans can ask, answer that question, I should say, I suppose.
0: <laughs> Oh my word! Oh, nicely no, done, really, good.
1: really nicely done, guys. Uh yes. and, and you really gave us a view of the CEO of Delta Airlines as a as a human being, not as a representative of a corporation so much. So, yeah, well done.
0: Yeah, congratulations, Thank you. Thank you. guys. Thank you well we're rapidly coming to a close I want to thank our listeners and remember you can find us online at www.runwaygirlnetwork.com and on iTunes be sure to follow all the Runway Girl Network activity on Twitter at at Runway Girl and remember to use the PAXX hashtag when tweeting about the passenger experience join in the conversation it is rather active these days I'd like to reiterate our thanks to our sponsor eGate Solutions and I'd like to thank the airline guys for being our guests Darren and Sylvester where can listeners find You at and where can they find your new show?
2: All right, you can find us at www.airlineguys.com. You can also find us on Twitter at airlineguys, which is one word, and on Facebook, airlineguys as two words. That's (laughs) how you can find us.
0: (laughs) That makes it easy. You guys are lucky that you've got that kind of cross pollination uh, uh, on social media of consistent. Naming, so that's good. <laughs> <It> makes life <laughs> a lot easier.
1: It does. It does. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks as well for me. We'll look forward to the next video. Uh, meantime, we'll ask all of you to join us again next time as we talk about the passenger experience on the PAXX podcast.
0: Take care, everybody.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you.